So are we all ready to start up, or is David not back yet? I'm here just blowing those. Okay. <laughs> Baby cat. Alright, so are we all ready to go? Yes. I, my throat is starting to give out. <laughs> okay, and so we'll, we'll try and keep this one short. That's okay. it. No, well, you will try. I mean, there's not as much stuff going on in this one as there is in the two-parter we'll be doing next. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So welcome to the second season, kind of, of the Stasis Pod, because it's the second season of Beast Wars. Oh man. Exciting. It got renewed. That's right. Yay, we weren't canceled. Yes. Time to resolve a couple of the plot points left dangling in other voices, but more importantly, it's time to sell some toys. Oh yeah, this episode should really just be called To Sell Toys. Yeah. The show is is all about moving the plastic. It's normally not this bad. It almost feels like this episode was just like Hasbro being like, uh, alright guys, gotta, gotta earn. This is almost like the passive aggressive response to Hasbro going, alright guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, well, if this were any more of a toy commercial, somebody would crash through a wall of clear blocks. I mean, it's not bad, and it's no. got at least one very memorable line, but... It's still continuing yeah. from, like, last season, because it's like, hey, kill them all. They, they it, figured it out. It's yeah. not as introducing as many toys as the beginning of the show. It's only introducing, what, four new, I think? It's not introducing well, as many toys as the beginning of the show. But the beginning of the show did not include action sequences specifically designed around showing off the toys' new gimmicks. Yeah. And at least at the beginning of the show, it was because they were showing off new characters. Yeah. yeah. In this case, none of the new toys yet are new characters, so it's not, you know, of course you're going to have to introduce your cast at the beginning of a show. Yeah. But, yeah. Cheetor never had to run outside of the Axelon into a lake to go fill up his gut gun. Admittedly, all the new toys are spoiled by the new opening animation. Well, yeah, that also seems inadvisable given how much the show treats it as dramatic reveal. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Oh, no. Sinister Megatron in Shadow. What does he look like? I wonder if it looks like the new version of Megatron in the opening sequence. Yeah. The the guy in the opening sequence who looks a whole lot like Megatron. Yeah. Him and Tarantulas in, in the opening are the most egregious ones. Yeah. It's like they said, we really want to sell more tarantulas. <laughs> yeah. Cause he gets so much time in the new opening. Yeah. The new opening, which is like, the first 15 seconds are just endgame part two. <laughs> well, they yeah. gotta tell you why, how they got to this. I mean, the, the opening sequence here is almost like a persisting last time on Beast Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, remember, this, this was released in October 97, so those new toys might have already been on the shelves. Yeah, I don't remember... I don't remember whether I picked up... I mean, I, I definitely have clear memories of going to Toys R Us where a friend of mine from high school worked and getting her to pull down a case with uh, the new Transmetal 
leaders and uh basically she she was like okay but if i pull this down you got to put them out on the shelves and actually just passers by ended up buying all the rest of the case <laughs> just people coming by were like oh hey so that was pretty cool unfortunately buying that uh transmetal megatron doomed them to future sorrow yeah yeah and speaking of sorrow optimus primal is dead yes yeah they want to let you know Optimus Primal is dead. The Beast Wars are over. He lost. <laughs> is, is he coming back? Well. He's not in that opening sequence. Yeah. yeah he's not in the opening sequence at all. So I guess it must call, just be like Scorponok and Pterosaur where he got a new toy despite being dead. Yeah. Oh, hey, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, Maximals, sad. Predacons, happy. Oh, yeah, Waspinator is so happy and then he gets whacked in the nads. I like that him being happy, that them being happy is just like, they're just, the, the computer announces that Optimus Primal is destroyed. And their excitement basically consists of pointing and laughing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the like, jubilation, <laughs> the jubilation and mourning are both short-lived because there is a quantum surge coming. What is a quantum surge? It's an excellent question. And they all seem to know what it is. Yeah. An excellent question that doesn't seem to be answered. It's generated by a transwarp explosion. Yeah. To sell toys. (laughs) Yeah, but. You know, I would like to note that more than meets the eye did much more interesting things with quantum engine malfunctions. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they're not selling new toys anyway. That's true. That's true. I love Megatron's braggadocio before the quantum surge. Oh, yes. Yes, I am good, aren't I? <laughs> we can discuss my brilliance later. Now, there's work to be done. The Predacon kind of work. Oh, and he, he smacks Scorponok, too. He smacks everyone. Yep. Yeah. yeah that's kind of what he does. Mm-hmm. How dare you take the stage from me? This is my moment of triumph, not yours. Well, I, I guess it's like the the pre-game when they're smacking each other with towels after they win or something. And, and point grab ass going on there. Yeah. Except you don't yeah. do that with Scorponok because he has a scorpion tail. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his ass. He shot it off. <laughs> so this will be the final battle, except there's a quantum surge instead. Hmm. Yes. yes. So Megatron's getting all ready to go beat up the last of the Maximals, except wait... Quantum Surge. Yeah. Everybody get to your stations that you know where to be at for the Quantum Surge, which is totally yeah. a thing we have drilled for before. Yeah, don't yeah, forget we have Quantum Surge drills. Yes. We oh, do yeah, that wait. all the time. Is Wait, is is that before or after uh, Black Arachnia sneaks off and Tarantula starts talking to her in her head again? Uh, Black Arachnia has snuck off by this point, but I don't think Tarantulas has started talking to her in her head yet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, because she's, everybody is busy being sad at Maximal Headquarters, so Black Arachnia is going to leave before Air Razor punches her in the face again. Yes. Yeah. Black Arachnia is going to leave because people are having feels and she doesn't want any part of this. Nope. Nope out of there. Well, all the Maximals are asking, why didn't Optimus bail out? Rattrap points his gun at where Black Arachnia used to be so that he can ask her about it, but she's gone. <laughs> and Cheetor is like, I should have been flying that ship. I'm like, yes. Yes, you should have. <laughs> and at this, I think, is the point where we Tarantulas is now at peak creep because he is stuck in 
Black Ragnia's mind. Yeah. And also, there's like a giant spider in her mindscape, and it's horrifying. Yeah, giant tarantulas. Yeah. He's calling from inside your head. He's a creeper. And, and there's weirdly boob jiggle. Yeah, this. I think they might have weirdly framed even outside season. of the. Yeah, because it's, it's like a direct shot from her boobs up to her face, and, and <laughs> it's blatant that the show hasn't done before, even including her weird, sexy karate dances. Ugh. It's especially weird because Tarantulas is just being so creepy at her. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it is delving a little bit into that sexualizing... Yeah. Uh, you know, in distress, which is super creepy. Anyway, it's quantum surge time. Hey, it hurts. Uh, in the Axelot, Rattrap and Cheetor are getting irradiated by it, as is Tarantulus's body. They're getting hit uh, by new toy rays. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah Elizer but... and Tigatron are immune, as yeah. is Black Arachnia. They just don't get hit. Well, Black Arachnia, she's got a guy in her head, maybe that's why it doesn't affect her, but... You know, not no, affecting Tigatron and Air Razor is notably weird, especially because she's right there. Yeah, it's not an in-show logic behind who gets changed and who doesn't. Yeah, and it's remarkably yeah. consistent, and yes. it's not just from a two-cell toy standpoint. But yeah, and, and anybody not... who came out of their stasis pod and got a new form on World is immune, and anybody in a CR chamber is an immune. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's called out, but that definitely no, it's not. No, it's, it's, is the case. It's, it's not called out at all. No, it, I mean, it just once this happens, weird. it just well, that's the thing that happened. Let's move on. But yeah. it, it <laughs> seems so weird because of what happens at the Predacon base. Because Megatron gets hit by rays, Waspinator doesn't because he falls into their CR jacuzzi. But Tarantulas yeah. and Scorponok die. Pterosaur and Scorponok. Pterosaur and Scorponok. Yeah. Pterosaur and Scorponok just die. Yes. They they fall into the lava of no new toys. <laughs> yeah. They fall into the lava of we didn't have the budget to do these guys and fusors. And yeah. now, to be fair, some new voice actors, so uh it's nice yeah. knowing you, Don Brown. Some new voice actors. Yeah. You get but to they, come uh, back in Armada. Yeah. <laughs> now they they do I I forget what wave Transmetal Pterosaur came out, but he did get a Transmetal toy eventually. He did. Yeah, I know. And Scorponok got a McDonald's one. But the thing is, Air Razor also has a new Transmetal toy, too. It 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 just seems weird. It would have been made more sense if, like, Air Razor and Tigatron were also in CR chambers. I want to say... they only have so many CR chambers, though. I guess... I want to say those two came out in later waves. Uh, I think Scorponok, or sorry, I think Pterosaur and Air Razor were in the same wave. Yeah, oh. and I think they were in a later one than the first one. They were Razor and Terrasaur were Wave Three Deluxe Transmetal. It, it just see it, in a way it just seems kind of random unless you read the wiki and figure out oh there's an explanation because they were made on Earth and not from Stasis Pods. Or if if you think about it for a minute. <laughs> well, I did, and it just was random. Anyway, you guys get new bodies. Yeah, so actual base. Rattrap and Cheetor are all away. What what happened to you? And Rattrap wonders whether his gearbox is hanging out. <laughs> yeah, which is apparently what he calls his junk. 
Yeah. Also, apparently the Japanese translation of this scene involves them just saying Pika at each other a lot. Uh, because that means, in addition to other things, shiny. So let, let's talk about these transmetal forms for a while. You've got like a, a purely robotic uh, beast mode. Yeah. And then you've got a robot mode that is super buff. Yeah. And partially organic. Yes. Generally in the chest area. And, and the arms, sort of. Like, Cheetor's got cheetah prints on his sort of pinchy hands now. He doesn't And have... on the inside of his thighs, which is weird and gross. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that, that might get chafy. And in, in the case of Cheetor, he also gets a little yellow goatee. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and... and uh... Because he has turned 15. Yes. I figured he would just get, like, a little scrawny pencil mustache at that point. <laughs> Uh, the pedo stash. Yes, oh. <laughs> pedo stash. Uh. Oh, there's and there's some really nice uh, lighting and debris when like after the wave hits around the room. It's like a very survival also, horror looking. Uh, the the transmetal forms, well, they're logic. They logically don't make a lot of sense. They look super nice. Yeah, yes. and the characters involved are generally pretty impressed with themselves. Yes. Oh yeah, it's fun how much fun they have with the whole thing. <laughs> and then they they go about trying these out, and Cheetor pops out some little jet pods, and then because he's Cheetor, he decides to try them out, despite the fact that they are obviously for flying. And they're indoors. Yeah. And just ends up flying around the base. And he doesn't know how to fly. Yeah. No. So yeah, take the numbers off that Cheetor did something stupid X days ago sign. And then Rat Trap just sort of zooms because he's got sort of a, a pseudo vehicle mode now. He, he turns into a little rat. Rat Trap has as much trouble with his new wheels as Cheetor did with his jets. Yes. Yes. Yeah, which seems really weird since you'd assume, like on Cybertron, he probably had wheels. Maybe he was like a hover uh, car. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he was not a car. Or, or maybe he was a motorcycle that had two wheels and he should have known. Yeah. Oh, later. Gotta give credit to the animators. It is so awesome that when Rat Trap first enters beast mode, he is scowling exactly the same way the toy is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the animators do some great work on this episode. There, there's uh, also almost... kind of a weird thing with, well, more about the toys, like Rat Trap and Cheetor's Animal heads both have sort of like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bandana look. Yeah. It's kind of odd. That's more just on the toys than the show itself. Because mm. they are more toyetic now. Yes. Oh, yes. That was a big thing. transformation sequences are toy accurate now. Yeah. That was a big thing with this season, and I heard that that was something that Hasbro really pushed for, was that they wanted the show models to actually look more like the toys. Mm. And that really comes out in this, I mean, you get like, Transmetal Tarantulas when he shows up, he, his toy looks exactly like his show model, maybe some slightly different proportions here and there. But, yeah, it's it's a big change from previously, because I mean, I don't think they've really managed a great toy-accurate Dinobot yet, or a show-accurate Dinobot yet. Because it's impossible. Well, it it made more sense when everybody was like an animal-animal, and you have to make a real, as good as you can animal, and then turn into a robot. Yeah, I mean, it it does help. Robots are just really weird. Yeah, it it does help that now they're 
you know, both forms are heavily mechanical and therefore reliant upon the same basic shapes and not organic stretching and moving. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's a, a definite change between last season is that every, all the new characters are very toy accurate now. Yes. Yay. I like toys. <laughs> yeah, so they, these are some they really good toys, incidentally. Yes. Yeah, so they, they show those off, and uh, meanwhile, Tigatron and Air Razor, given that they are competent, decide to go looking for Black Rackney. <laughs> good job. Yeah, Black Rackney is trying to peace out, but uh, Tarantulas really wants his body back. <laughs> so she has to drag that away, and uh, while she's doing that, Inferno's severed head. Uh, lights back up. Right. Also, now Tarantulas' body, which, you know, has been transmetallized, and, you know, she has to ask him at first if that's actually his body, but now now he is in spider mode and his legs are all curled up like a dead he, spider. He is curled that up is kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of adorable. So great. Can, can the toy actually do that? Uh, I don't know. No. Probably the torso doesn't... Yeah, and his, his legs are not individually jointed. Yeah. I mean, each one is, but they're, they don't have, like, knees or anything. Yeah, they're just one solid piece. Back on the most people still object to it being canonically named the dark side, <laughs> Waspinator comes out of his jacuzzi and is shocked by a towering Megatron-looking figure in shadow. Oh. Who could it be? Who is this individual who sounds like Megatron? It looks like Megatron. Still has a smirk like Megatron and glowing eyes like Megatron. But but Waspin Eater's happy to be alive. Aww, <laughs> Waspy. Everybody else in here is dead, but I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> because the writers like me. Yes. And th- this is really the first time we've killed a character off on uh, yeah. on Beast Wars, and yeah. it doesn't come really come up. No, they're really. <laughs> they're just, <laughs> they no, just... They're, no, they're not I around anymore. Frankly, Megatron could have shoved them directly into the lava at the beginning of the episode, and it would have worked the same. I mean, there's a point in a moment where it comes up from a strategic viewpoint, but from a character viewpoint, no one really cares. No Uh, one liked them. You think think Megatron would at least like Scorponok? He may be incompetent, but he's loyal. But it doesn't work. Now who's going to do tech support? It's going to be Tarantulas. We already have a mad scientist, and we don't really need a Starscream. <laughs> yeah. Also, back a moment, Black Arachnia with Tarantulas' body language was super creepy and weird. Yeah, that was yeah. disturbing. <laughs> it was a nice touch, but it was creepy and weird. Mm-hmm. But yes, so, yes, Megatron is being scary and looming and... Not caring that everybody's dead but Waspinator. Yep. I guess that's fine. Back at the Exelon, uh, Rhinox and Dinobot, or uh, Rhinox has a prophetic dream about Optimus Primal's spark leaving his body. No, yep. I didn't ship that before, but I do now. <laughs> what? People are just kind of randomly psychic on this the, the deep connection between Rhinox and Optimus Primal, I mean, that's like... 80s X-Men Claremont-level queer subtext there. <laughs> the, the deep psychic connection between is them. It, is it really Rhinox X Optimus, or is it just Rhinox X Souls? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because we, we do see a giant soul in the space of Primal. Yes. 
He did it with Primal. He did it with Air Razor. He's going to do it again. Yeah. yeah. I, I could I could do Rhinox Optimus though. Yeah, and, and then yeah, I'd read that fanfic. I would. Yeah. I would definitely read that fanfic. <laughs> Sorry, moving on. Moving on to something else. Uh, Dinobot <laughs> is playing with Rat Trap's new wheels. Yes, moving on to other ships. Yeah. Dinobot yeah. spins Rat Trap's <laughs> wheel. Yeah, and and Rat Trap comes there. up with the name Transmetals. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a bad name. I, uh, <laughs> that's like a I Cheetor mean, level name. I mean, they're already Transformers, and they're already made of metal. Yeah, yeah, they were well, already both of those things. Yeah, biometal would have made more sense, or, that, that, or quantum metal. That's definitely a Cheetor level name, and Rat Trap should be ashamed. Trying Rat to Trap's really just operating on Cheetor's level the entire episode. Yeah, that's true. Kinda. I mean, he's enjoying himself, which, you know, I can't fault too much. Oh, yeah. And then Rat Trap's bickering at Dinobot for touching his wheels, which makes Rhinox angry. And do not mess with Rhinox. He's in a bad mood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dinobot steps into his usual game of Optimus is dead, therefore I'm the new leader. And Rhinox chokes him out by the time he gets to Optimus is. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there was a there was a moment there in between, uh, I believe in between Rhinox's prophetic vision and him actually coming out of the CR chamber where we see Inferno properly wake up. Oh, yeah. And, he, and he stand gets, up. Oh, yeah. Gets which, his head back on straight. Which yeah, I noted just because we get his great marching music. Yes. <laughs> he did the Inferno theme. Oh, I, I don't know. For, for some reason, I was thinking of Inferno as the reanimator. Putting his head back on. Ant dead details later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, uh, I, I, I like that he gets, if anyone deserves their own theme music on this show, it's, it's him and Wasp and Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Rhinox deserves his own theme music, just never gets it. Well, he kind of gets the womp, womp, womp. I don't know. Like sort of slow, you know, that music. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Non-committal silence. It's not Shane Gunzo Doom music. That's true. No. So yeah, anyway, so then yeah. Rhinox comes yeah. up. Yeah, Black Rackney's hauling Tarantulas' carcass out of the base, but uh, oh, Tarantulas and Airazor have found her, and she gets punched in the face by Airazor again. Airazor goes all dirty hairy on her, and it's the best. Yes. The spiders are being weirdos again. <laughs> But hey, but uh, she is not uh, at their mercy for long because Megatron shows up and he can fly now. Yes. He's, oh no. He's also a transmetal surprise. That was Megatron. <laughs> surprise. The, the, the robot that looked like Megatron and was voiced by Megatron was Megatron, and he looks awesome. Oh yes, the oh. real Megatron has arrived. Oh, my favorite good. version. Such a good toy. So brittle. Probably, yeah, oh, probably I, the most fragile Megatron. I'm really hoping for a masterpiece of this. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe would settle a for a re-release that just didn't have the plastic issue. And also, maybe if it had like an extra thing on the uh, on the hinges for the uh, the fans, yeah, so using them in robot mode. Well, they remolded, they remolded yeah. it for the Armada redecos, so he might have minicon points if you get a new version. Oh, well, that's I'd fine. I'd go with that too. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, that mold is like 20 years old by now. It might be cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem isn't that the mold might be cheese. That happens from use. The problem uh-huh. is the mold is probably sitting at the bottom <clears throat> of a Chinese harbor because nobody's bothered to use it for a while and they needed to throw it out to make room for money. Yeah. Well, that Ooh, because those things are big. Oh, I just I just had a, a, an idea. Um, wh- what about a Titan Headmaster Megatron of that body? Ooh, I, I'd be all for I, that. Yeah, Megatron does love to transform into heads. That's it's true. true. I would commit some rather unspeakable crimes for that boy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's bigger one, yeah. God, that's so always was. amazing. Like the only thing it's missing is a golden disc to slot into his uh, grabber gun thingy. Yes, yeah. both both the full thing and a shard. Yeah. Uh, yes, I. So I've... yeah, t- uh, Tigatron and Ares are a no match for Megatron, but uh, Black Ragnia notes that uh, Scorponok and Pterosaur aren't around. So uh, looks like you need me. Yeah, and she she acts so happy to see him when he shows up. And yeah, it's such and, an act, and it's so great. And then he like, Megatron. Megatron. I'm about to talk you out of executing me. Yeah. Yeah, and yet he and hits her. He yeah. Well, yeah. yes, he just backhands her. And uh, please note, that's the last time we'll ever hear Scorponok and Terrasaur mentioned. Yeah. yeah. So, so long, you, you brave little idiots. Yeah. Based on how useful they've been, I can't blame Megatron for not mentioning them again. Yeah. yeah, Megatron, but you'd think at least Waspinator would bring him up once in a while. You would think so. You'd think Waspinator would bring them up once in a while, but that's actually a sign of intelligence on Waspinator's part. Well, you, <laughs> you think he wants to remind Megatron what happened to the other two losers? Well, no, but you think he'd bring it up like when he's like flying out in the field or something? Me miss yeah, Terrorbot. Aww. Would he miss that? either of them? I don't know, that's a good question. treated him like crap. Yeah, but he he was sent out on missions a lot with Pterosaur, so... Because hmm. they flew. They probably shared a room at some point. Aww. Like, Pterosaur definitely... Oh, hey, Waspinator is actually excited, because now he gets the top bunk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was just uh, snoring at night. More snoring. Waspinator, get on room for once! Yay! Waspinator, get on room until next episode. Yep. Yeah, wow. I mean, I... I remember being really kind of let down in Transformers Prime after Breakdown died and there was no real, you know, proper emotional acknowledgement. But yeah, Pterosaur and Scorponok. Of course, there's no one who Pterosaur and Scorponok were clearly banging, like, like Knockout and Breakdown. So it's, it's not quite yes, the they same. they were banging anyone, they were banging each other. Yeah, so it's not like there was a character who clearly should have cared, but yeah, but yeah I it's that's sad. Oh God, they were banging each other because Scorponok didn't know how to say no to anyone, and Pterosaur wanted to be in charge. And then Waspinator was in the bottom bunk listening to the squeaking uh, mattress and just going, Waspinator uh, can't sleep. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to hell. Uh, you can join no. me. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly pit. already there. Yeah. Say hello to the Inferno in the pit. Give, give my regards to the Inferno. And also Broadway. <laughs> and all those scavengers they didn't manage to sell.
Yeah. yeah. Alas. Anyway, it's uh It's time to have a fight. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's that part of the episode. It's time to show off the battle capabilities of the new toys. Yeah. yeah. Yep, it's time to bang our new toys together. Yeah, it's not too hard because that vacuum metal is kind of scary. Oh yeah, don't don't do yeah. that with that Megatron. He will shatter. Oh my goodness, yeah. my rat trap is just like red metal flakes all over the oh, place. The I have the reissue, and he's in okay shape. Vacuum metal, nice. yeah. I'm kind of tempted to actually get the rat trap now. He's so adorable. He is though. His rat mode was so great. I just want to Megatron f- throws Cheetor off a cliff. And doesn't realize that Cheetor is a flyer now, so that doesn't mean anything. Although it almost means something because Cheetor may be a flyer now, but he's still Cheetor, so it takes him yeah. about well, minutes to realize how to fly. It was actually a good idea for for Megatron because he he doesn't know he's just trying to kill yeah. him and throwing him off the giant waterfall. You know, get bridges. The the water effect is different now. It looks simpler but better. Also, we learned another exciting thing about Megatron's new form, which is that he has roller skates. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Somebody he skates and he uses that to joust against Red Trap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and he, he's telling Brock Arachnia to fight, but she's arguing with the tarantulas in her head, so she just bugs out. Yep. I and think Cheetor I, takes uh, takes off after Waspinator, which just doesn't seem fair because he has jets now. Yeah. Yeah. Except somehow he still doesn't I feel so up. sorry for a waspinator. He's just going, Catbot cannot fly! Catbot cannot fly. <laughs> oh, now he can, it's sadly. Cat learned new tricks. And then inside the ship, we have a Dutch angle fight between Inferno and Dinobot, but nobody cares because there's new toys to sell. <laughs> That's right. Oh. And you already have new these toys. toys. Let's go look at the new toys. Yep. Also, I, I, for some reason, I laughed uproariously at Cheetor just falling off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it before. Yep. Yeah, true. Uh, at, at some point during this battle, Megatron points with devil horns again. Yep. Like he's his pointing finger and pinky finger to point. And also, I like the rat, rat trap. At some point, seems to be surprised that he mentions that oh, Megatron's got a makeover rat trap. You know exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You came up with a name for it. It's the same thing that happened to you, Rat Trap. Don't be yep. Cheetor. Yes. Stop being Cheetor. He is Megatron is also Cheetor here because he transforms for no good reason. Yeah, he just kind of wanted to show off his new alt mode. I mean, to yeah. be fair, Megatron does kind of have a flair for the dramatic. Yes. Admittedly challenging Rat Trap to a game of chicken is... It, doesn't seem like Megatron. <laughs> Especially not after Rat Trap just decides to trip him instead of participating. Yeah, especially, you have a big new tail weapon. Keep shooting him. It works. Yeah. It looks awesome. Even if his aim is terrible, it looks awesome. Yeah, yes. especially the way he has to sort of shake it to charge it up or cock it like a shotgun almost. But mm-hmm. then Cheetor just crashes into Rat Trap. Yep. Yeah. New but, packaging, because... same product. Losers. Losers. That, that is the takeaway line from this episode. Yeah, so, so oh, yeah. Cheetor screws up again, crashes into Rat Trap. He's at Megatron's mercy. Then Inferno falls out of the Maximal ship. Royalty, you have come for me! And that's when <laughs> Megatron decides to bugger out. 
Well, he no, he, he decides, decides to run away because Ryan Ox points out of the ship with the chain guns of doom. Yeah. Yeah. I can't play Megatron at all. I would do that on. in response to Rhinox too. I guess, but <laughs> Megatron leaves because Rhinox is about to kick his ass. It has happened twice before, so yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's got <laughs> like anyone else. Him. He's rightly afraid of Rhinox. Yeah, owner. At that point, he goes, "Oh no, Rhinox is the new leader." <laughs> oh, I'm than I was when Optimus was around. I'm actually still here. Oh, crap. I'm out. Uh, see you. Megatron takes off, and as Rattrap says, the Beast Wars just got a whole lot weirder. Cut to the Fusors! Yep. Meanwhile. Yeah, Rattrap knocks some screws out of his head. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, on a creepy blasted plane... Some stasis pods start scanning for life in in but broken bad screwed up. Yep, horribly damaged stasis pods. Yeah, and then a Fit. hand reaches out of the ground. Yep, it's like a zombie arm. Horror movie as hell. Yeah, it's, yep. yeah. I mean, admittedly, from the point where the the quantum surge hit, you know, clearly the land around them has been blasted. It's 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 not good. It's Things are not in good shape, but that just gets hella dark. Just, it's good. I I like it. I approve. So it's just very. People are trying to figure out how to use a Kusari Gamma to zombie robot fists poking out of the ground. <laughs> so yeah, it uh, we we get that little hint that something a little messed up is going to be coming along next. Mm. You know what it doesn't say anything about coming along next? Optimus Primal. Nope. Which is yep. kind of nice. Yeah. So yeah, we get to dead. the end of this episode and Optimus Primal is still dead. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the longest an, opti- an Optimus has stayed dead, at, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. It's not coming back within the same episode like some Optimuses. <laughs> it's probably the longest an Optimus has stayed dead when they knew there was a new toy to sell. Yeah, I suppose. It's probably the longest an, an Optimus has stayed dead since G1, but that's not yeah. saying much. Cause it, it was oh, no, already the Optimus has been dead for quite a while. I guess that's true. That's true. Oh, did, did we want to talk a little bit about Robots in Disguise or something? Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about the most recent uh, Transformers series, which is... It has some Beast Wars similarities. You've got a limited cast. You've got uh, a lot of, animal a lot of animal-based characters. Yeah. You've got computer animation. You've got uh, characters wearing loud Hawaiian uh, shirts, but this time they're actually on the show instead of behind the scenes. Yes. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that Denny is probably the the first adult on a uh, on a Transformers cartoon who really needs an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure "adult" is the right description for him. <laughs> He's so bad at being an adult. It's great. It brings me joy. I mean, at some point, he engaged in Congress with a woman. Somehow <laughs> that happened. Well, yeah. Well, to be honest, that happened in Forrest Gump, too, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but th- he's Tom he Hanks. is technically not a minor. <laughs> I mean, he's not a necess- I mean, I'm not one to judge, but he's not necessarily a bad-looking guy. No. He's just, no, he's- you know... He just lives in the a junkyard. handsome until he opens his and mouth. 
Yeah. He lives in a junkyard, he's obsessed with junk, and he talks a little crazy. He's Weird Al's character from Transformers Animated if he was a human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, the show, it's a Robots in the Skies, the 2015 version, not the other version. Why did they have to name a robot show the same thing as a previous robot show? That's kind of And also a comic that was running at the same time. Yes. Anyway, it's... Because Hasbro only has so many catchphrases that they know how to recite. Right. Yeah, it, it's a sequel to Transformers Prime, kind of. I mean, it's a sequel. It's a, it's a lighter, softer, more kid-friendly sequel. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is fine with me. I mean, I enjoyed Transformers Prime, but in one of the first episodes of that, uh, the lovable big fat robot has to tell one of the human sidekicks to turn her head as he eviscerates a Decepticon. Yeah. You know, honestly, and this may just me be, be me being me, but that was the moment that sold me on Transformers Prime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look away, I'm going to rip this robot's robot guts out. <laughs> because I, I am a dark and terrible person. I like dark stuff, but I also felt like Prime just took itself too seriously. It, we, we have discussed my, my forays into noveling, and that has come into discussing recently how there's no possible way anything I write could ever be marketed as a young adult. So, yes, I, I like it when things are terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, Transformers Prime got dark. I mean, they killed, they killed The Rock in, like, the first episode. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was kind of a disappointment, but. Okay. And then turned I, I wish he'd been a regular. Shambling zombie. More of a regular. Yeah, that was, was rough. He, anyway, so the, the, the premise is that, uh, Bumblebee, who uh, regained his voice uh, in the last uh, in the in the last episode of Transformers Prime is now leading the is, team on, and who now sounds like Terry McGinnis. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the plus. If you're going to get a voice out of nowhere, pick Terry McGinnis. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> or, uh, what's, what's his voice actor's name? Uh, Will Friedel. Oh, yeah, he's leading an, an Earth or a team on Earth composed of Sideswipe, who is basically the Cheetor. Yeah. More of a uh, jerk Cheetor. I mean, the one thing he, I always liked about Cheetor is that he was always very well-meaning. Yeah, this, Cheetor this was cheerful. Like jerk like, Cheetor. Cheetor was like trying to please. Sideswipe is just this rebellious kind of teenager who doesn't give a crap. Yeah, he's, he's the rebellious teen. He's got uh, Strongarm, who is kind of the opposite in that she is like a... She, she's a real keener. A what? She's so great. She, she's a by the rules girl. Who she, she's a mini Magnus. Yes, if you've if yeah. you paid attention to Ultra Magnus in the comics lately, she's like a cross between Ultra Magnus and like a really excitable fangirl. Hmm. Yes, or she's if you really into law enforcement. She's yes, great. if if you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, she's a real Amy Santiago. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Grimlock, who is the Grimlock. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of yeah. a big guy, he's not super clever, and he's a cyborg from Teen Titans. Yes. He's a voice voiceover. He, he likes to punch things. A little clumsy, yeah, he's he's excitable. Got uh, Fix-It, who is kind of like the sidekick. Ah, uh, Fix-It. He has the he's vocal okay. tape. He, uh, it's he's the, the one with the vocal tape. Yes. It's he's the Orko. It's a little annoying. It's, he's not as annoying as Orko. No, but it's it's like the second most annoying vocal tick I can think of. The the other really annoying one is um oh the the Megan from um 
Young Justice. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, Actually, I kind of forget what her tick was, but I remembered it annoyed, uh, annoyed me almost as much as Fix-It's. Uh, she said, hello, <clears throat> Megan, a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fix-It's is, he says one thing, it's it's wrong, he pronounces it wrong, you know what the word he was trying to say is, and then he has to screw up once more before he can finally get it right. So every time it's wrong, wrong, right, it it just... It doesn't wear on too much. It wears on me. Anyway, and Aww. later on, they're, they're joined by Drift, who is a vaguely offensive Japanese stereotype. Really offensive! I mean, it's, I think his voice actor just... is Japanese... Yeah, and he's American. Who's really, who really liked the idea of Drift from like previous iterations of the character and really wanted to play him. Yeah, the the thing is like. To be fair, we were just talking about Japan having really, really racist Native American stereotypes, so I think it's only fair. It it, it isn't as bad as Apache, no, but it's like, well. When Drift came, showed up in the comics, I didn't actually picture him with a Japanese accent. And then we finally got Drift in the most recent Transformers movie, and he was Ken Watanabe, who has a thick Japanese accent, to say the yeah. least. Ken Watanabe's Japanese accent was not that thick. He was laying it on for the role. And, and this is more of that. Yeah, he's more movie yeah. drift than comic drift. Yeah, comic he is the he is, is disapproving is, sensei. Yes, yeah. he's very much yeah. disapproving sensei. Yeah. Well, actually, I guess it's not so much his accent that is Japanese; it's that his attitude is a jerk. He's got yeah. babies. His babies are adorable. Yes, <laughs> but he has, he has better a as a weeaboo than as actual Japanese. But oh. yeah, his his little adorable like like under oh, what do you call it? um. Apprentices were like trying really hard. They're kind of almost they they help push the the slight racist tone, but it's just it's so uh, they I are adorable. just hug them because they're just these little like robot moppets, and they're kind of roundish and they're yeah, just they, well they turn into discs. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. So of course they're kind their of old mode is round. Yes, <laughs> yes. As, much later on. And much later on, they're joined by Windblade, who is a robot magical girl. Yes, yes, she's awesome. Because we got we got Windblade, and also uh, Ghost Optimus Prime is hanging around. Yeah, who? It, well, at first it seems like maybe Bumblebee's just crazy, but it actually <laughs> is. Like for the first like ten episodes, I thought, wait, is Bumblebee just mad? But no, actually, there there is Optimus Prime in another dimension talking to a. Minicon Prime. Sadly, we are not going that dark in this series. No. Anyway, they're all on Earth because Fix-It was the, I guess, head jailer on, like, a prison ship full of Decepticons, and he Exxon-Valdezed it right into Earth. Yes. Poor little guy. And so now uh, Earth is full of Decepticons, most of whom are vaguely animalistic. Yeah, it's weird that pretty much everyone... Except for like two or three, have had like animalistic characteristics in their robot mode. Yeah, it's, that is kind of a weird. Where they'll have an actual vehicle mode and then their robot mode, like for instance, Steeljaw, who is for some reason made of sex. He's just—he's yeah. so sexy. Why? Why is he so just clearly intended to be sexy? He's a sexy. Because he can pick up any thrill if it's hot or if it's not. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, cause, and because he's a wolf, I guess. But yeah, he's got just a normal vehicle mode. But then when he transforms, he's got like a wolf tail and a snout and sort mm-hmm. of ears on on his helmet. And he's just very, yeah, and, and a lot of them are like that. There are a couple exceptions where they have a robot mode and a beast alt mode. Like my favorite one who only shows up in one episode being oh. Filch. Shiny. Well, we didn't really get to see her robot mode that well. She might have yeah. a nose. There's some promotional art of it. Yeah, there's promotional art. In oh. It. it looks, and she's kind of got like a feathery headdress, but otherwise she's just like a person. Or like a robot person. Yes. So, and I, I think probably the biggest example is probably Clamp Down. Yeah. Because he's the crab and he actually, he's, his alt mode is just like a wood-paneled station wagon. Yes. But his robot mode, like, he walks like a crab and has stalk yeah. eyes and is really, really Jim Cummings. And he's a big, yes. two, big, two big clampy claws that are actually two different colors. I don't know why, but I like that detail. And, wait, does he only have two legs? Or does he have um, I'm not sure. I think he does only have two legs. Yeah, but but he, he scuttles sideways anyway. He, which, he which creeps Grimlock out, which is great. I think the the most interesting implication of all of it is that they often talk about them like the, these are like almost like races on Cybertron. Yeah, like species, but but animal species. They're like yeah, they're like species, except they're all sentient. Yeah, yeah. there's like, oh, this guy's a buffaloid. Yeah, there, yeah. There's Dinobots. There's there there's like a half a dozen skunk guys that were in an episode or two. I mean, I guess we kind of had that before with, like, Dinobots and Insecticons. Yeah, but not to this degree where every other episode we're getting an entirely different subspecies. Yeah, and and so the show is mostly very episodic. There's usually a Decepticon of the week. Yeah. And I think that really, especially by by the end of the series, it really felt like that was its biggest weakness, was that there was sort of a very vague meta plot, but it never really felt like... Anything was, you know, there was no sense of progress, really. Uh, Sealjaw was progressing to a certain extent by picking up, you know, and in those few episodes where the Autobots failed, he would pick up a new member for his little Decepticon group. But other than that, there wasn't really a whole lot of feeling of progress in the show. No, not not for the Autobots, anyway. It's a very superhero-y show. Yeah. It, it's actually a very Japanese plot. Mm. Bunch of heroes, monster of the week. You might add some more guys. It's Power Rangers. And then at the Giant. end, there is a big villain, uh, Megatronus or the Fallen, who comes out of ghost space or whatever to fight them. Yeah. Who's... Speaking of unnecessarily hot robots, jeez. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> was, he was voiced by the Bionic Man. No, no, by uh, Buck Rogers. Oh, oh, I was thinking of the wrong show of that era. Yeah, the voice cast on this show is super weird. Yeah, you go from things like, well, your basic guys, your Jim Cummings, your your other voice actors, and then then you get, like, Frank Stallone. You guessed it, Frank Stallone. Eddie Deason (laughs) and other weird things. Uh, There's uh, the mom from Sister, Sister. Oh yeah. Yes, also, Frank Stallone's character was clear, was actually in the Robot Mafia. Yes, is there he is any actor who is more like of a punchline than Frank guy. Stallone? Um, yes, he's like a moose tractor. 
maybe yeah yeah he's he's our first well first tractor who isn't a minicon I want a toy and yeah he's totally a robot mobster and there is a toy coming out and it looks amazing yeah really well, well there there was oh, yeah, step chaser awesome. already but now we're getting a warrior size well deluxe size one. And also, uh, Decepticon Bounty Hunter Fracture, voiced by a celebrity impersonator and, uh, the littlest usual suspect, Kevin Pollock. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I, I don't know, he, I don't want really to think of him as doing voice acting. I guess, I don't know, I, I'm just disappointed. I don't think of him as doing voice acting unless it's in a William Shatner impersonation. Yes. Uh, voice really struck me as sounding like a guy who is normally a standard actor. Yes. Something about it. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Sideswipe was apparently one of the kids from Glee, uh, yes. Darren Chris, and Strongarm, Constant Zimmer, who's been in some TV shows, is currently on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season, which is great yes. because oh, yeah. every time I see her talk, I just like want to see her start talking about rules and <laughs> abiding by them. There's, There's definitely going to be a scene where she's going to start quoting from some sort of inhuman-based law. Yeah, and then I'm going to have to go be in my bunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's what does it for you. But uh, it's a fun show. I mean, it it's not, it doesn't hold up so f- much in the, the long-term plotting the way that Beast Wars does. No. But, you know, it's something that's on every week. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, I like the villain of the week aspect of it. I mean, you know, I'm a big comics fan, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's a I like Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and they fight a different animal villain every week. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. totally Spider-Man. It had Filch. I like Filch. There was yes. even an octopus guy. and well, yes. I guess in the, An octopus a... guy who is also an old Jewish man for some reason. Yeah, that some of the voices <laughs> are weird. I mean, I, I assume it was a reference to Dr. Zoidberg. Maybe. That's that's possible. I can see that. Oh, some of the vo- like they had Eddie Deason voicing this giant killer whale looking thing. I mean, I like that because he's like this giant killer whale guy, but he's obviously characterized as this sniveling nerd. Yeah, I guess the contrast <laughs> works. But whatever. I, I just uh, I think my biggest problem was really just that there were these conflicts set up, like you know, dealing with trying to work better together as a team. Uh, getting strong arm and side swipe to stop picking on each other so much. <laughs> they were the biggest no TP. They're just no. <laughs> the, the least a couple. And just, it just never felt like any of it really went anywhere or was resolved in any satisfying fashion. Yeah, it sort of got resolved, but softly. Like they would just stop bickering as much. Yeah. Forget even why. I just, I don't know, like, I got tired of the humans, which never has really happened to me in any other... Hey, I think I related too much to Denny. (laughs) I thought they were okay. I mean, the humans in question here are mostly uh, the aforementioned Denny Clay and his young son, Russell. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the problem. It was only those two, and together they're a weird combo, and... Any time they had to try and cover for the Autobots, because the Autobots can't be seen in public for whatever the frick reason. Although they did that in Prime, didn't they? I'm pretty sure people saw them. Like the but, military knew they were there, but the general public did not. Know. I guess. Like there was that episode where that where like Knockout decided he wanted to be a street racer. Well, he was doing that as a hobby. 
Yes. And then so there was all this fuss about him, you know, blowing their cover, basically. Yeah, but it just any time they had to do it, Danny would dress up in a stupid hat and pretty much nothing else. Do a stupid voice, and then his son would come in and like, no, I'm also a general. Oh, fuck. Every time, it's like, <laughs> okay, you do that once, okay, that's cute, but every goddamn, it like, it's, it's like fix it. It's a running gag that just annoyed the hell out of me. So, while, while I liked a lot of, I like the animal theme guys, I like most of the Autobots, except for Drift. I, I really didn't like Sideswipe at first, but he grew on me. But I really like Strongarm and Grimlock are great. Drift yeah. was a jerk, but to be fair, pretty much every story arc surrounding him, the lesson to be learned was Drift stopped being such a jerk. Yes, but th- that happened like three or four times. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, the, that's what I mean about like the characters character never... Yeah, there's a lot of character stagnation, and it kind of made me sad. Because I like the characters. It just, I, I like the characters. Some of the stories are okay. It just, somehow it didn't gel together for me. And the only thing I can point to is the humans. And that I think it was a, it was a good series that didn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily the sum of its parts. Yeah. It's, it's like if Beast Wars had never quite made that step beyond early Beast Wars. Yeah, if it was still like the first half of the first season. And you know, it's still that, fun, I'm still watching it, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah. The takeaway uh, I'm know, taking from all of this as somebody who's a bit behind on the series is it's what Beast Wars 2 should have been. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Spread them out more. Well, although it's reversed to Beast Wars 2, because Beast Wars 2... The the vehicles are all the bad guys, and the animals are all the good guys. Here it's flipped. Uh, so it's like the other robots in disguise. This is super confusing. You really should have picked a better name for this, Hasbro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hasbro didn't pick a name for it. Takara did. Takara did. Well, yeah, Takara did because they called the original robots in disguise car robots, which is so unoriginal. Oh, that's a great one, yeah. They're, they're robots, and they're also cars. <laughs> yeah, but oh. it's in English. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, this episode, it's, it's fine. It, yeah. You know, it does what it needs to do, and what it mostly needs to do is sell toys. Sell, sell awesome new toys. Kind yeah. of a disappointment after, you know, as, as a season opener. Cause yeah, it really just shows up to sell toys. Yeah. It's more I, egregious because yeah. it just kills off Pterosaur and Scorponok with no comment. That is, yeah. Yeah. I'd be more disappointed if the toys weren't so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it is blatantly a commercial for toys instead of a follow-up to the last season. But those toys are so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite Megatron design. Not just Beast Wars Megatron, any Megatron design. It is a great when design. When I think of Megatron, I think of that. Yeah, it, it's it's all yeah. pretty much because of the arm, mostly. Well, mm-hmm. the, any flying T-Rex with roller skates. But. It's the... It's the ultimate evolution of G1 Megatron's gun. Yeah, it's like, I don't need a hand anymore. I have a gun. Yes. I mean, it's it's great. Yep. Yeah. A big posable gun with a pincher on the end. But fear not, because this show's going to get real good again, real fast, oh. next week. Oh, yes. Yes. Next time on Beast Wars, Scott McNeil gets a fourth paycheck. <laughs> Next time on Beast Wars, the actual season opener. 
Yes. Next time on Beast Wars, we're selling you some more toys this time. Well, yeah. New weirder toys. And next time on the Stasis Pod, Coming of the Fusors, Part 1. Oh, yeah. So until next week, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Silverbolt's gonna be coming, alright. More Scott McNeil. <laughs> so much Scott McNeil. Yeah. Yes. The coming of the Fusors. And then Black Arachnia complaining about his aim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> we uh, are all. We all are. Uh, well, that'll be a shorter episode. Yeah, good job. Maybe I'll move the robots in disguise chunk to this one. Maybe. Maybe. Alright, but now I think I will sign off. Oh, yes! Oh, I gotta stretch. Oh, I didn't even recommend the the Transformers Devastation. It's fun! We'll talk about that next time. Okay, it's fun. It's. Could be longer, could be cheaper, but if you like G1 and you have. Next time it will be cheaper, so we can (laughs) talk about it then. Oh. I kind of want to play Devastation, but I'm terrible at Platinum games. Well, yeah, like, it's... I know they're amazingly well-designed, but I'm just not good at them. Yeah, I, I'm actually surprised how good I am, considering I normally don't really dodge in games. But I, the way they do it, at least it's a one-button dodge most of the time. Or I'll put it this way. I haven't even beaten Beautiful Joe. Oh, I didn't like a Beautiful Joe when I played it somebody's house years ago. I liked Bayonetta a lot, so I've played... I've never tried I Bayonetta, played... but I probably should. Yeah. What's on the Wii U with the second version? Yep. And Nintendo costumes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I actually got a... I should probably install that and get the costumes. But I've been meaning to replay Bayonetta 1, so I might as well play Bayonetta 1 on the Wii U. I have a cat. I'm looking at him. Um, he is. Just I hopefully you didn't get that really loud meow behind me at one point. Really loud meows are okay. Okay.